this time on our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. A nuanced roundtable discussion of why keeping Grantham is the right call. It isn't. It fucking isn't. Can't be serious. Yeah, except I didn't see I didn't turn Green Lantern off halfway through the movie because it wasn't that bad. Whereas Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984 was horrendous. I mean, I made it through the whole movie. Not not Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. Yeah, but that might be because Gal Gadot's in it, too. So she's pretty hot. I'm more interested in watching her on screen than I am Ryan Reynolds. As beautiful Uh, as Ryan Reynolds is, I'm not going to downplay him. That's fair. Mm -hmm. What if they're both in the same movie? Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that all the way through, too. Yeah, me too, probably. I think I watched Green Lantern in the theater, and I literally have not seen it or thought about it until <laughs> you said that just now. So when you're when you're in the theater, you're almost pot committed, right? Like you can't just turn it off like you can a movie at home. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, actually, I do remember I did watch that. I watched that with a guy who I briefly worked with like ten years ago. It was me and my wife and him and his wife. And uh, obviously you never saw a movie with him again after that. No. Well, he, he was from West Tennessee. And so he moved back to West Tennessee, like within a month or two after that, like willingly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, I I think they've actually moved back. I haven't seen him, Um, but it was really funny because um, he uh, grew up in the same religion as me. And um, my sister was dating like years later, like five, six years later was dating this guy from West Tennessee who was also a part of the same religion and didn't know the guy that I knew and just randomly was taking a selfie video at like a religious event and saw this guy in the background on video eating a booger, <laughs> picking and eating a booger. I'm glad the story went there. <laughs> and he was he was just like he was just like, oh man, look at this, uh, look at this video I got of this idiot behind me eating a booger. And I'm like, holy shit, I know that guy. That's, That's awesome. funny. I should have known better. I kept I kept expecting it to be like, oh, he just caught him on video, and it's just kind of being a letdown. I'm really glad it went to eating a booger. That's a no, that's a yeah. really good yeah. I, I like that. Yeah quality. Yeah, if you can't if if you can't tell listeners, we're we're doing culture corner right now. By the way. That, has he ever let us down with his stories? I don't think no, so. No, no. Right. Toph always has a place he's going, whereas mm-hmm. I sometimes trail off into who knows that, where I'm going. That is not true. That is <laughs> definitely not well, true. Then, but then you I edit play it. it off. <laughs> yeah, I edit it so that the listener thinks it's true. Look, it's, it's yeah. all yeah. All that matters is uh, what the listener hears at the end. <laughs> uh, yes. So Wonder Woman '84. Uh, I watched that. I actually kind of liked it compared to what everybody says, but I, I wasn't going in with high expectations. Gal Gadot's hot, and it was uh, very exciting action for some of the movie. It was a little long, and uh, you know, whatever. You, you get what you expect. I don't. I don't expect a lot out of DC movies. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched. Uh, boy, I'm trying to think of the last new movie I saw. Um, I saw 1917 in the theater like two weeks before COVID started. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good um, theater experience too. Yeah, I think that might have been the last one. It's a good movie. That came out, I think, in like the end of 2019 too. I think my last yeah. theater movie was Midway. That's been a while. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it has been a while. I didn't I didn't go at the beginning of the year. I missed out on the January, February window of going to see movies. The very short one. So speaking of really bad movies, is it time to? <laughs> to, to no, no, not quite yet. Not. Okay, okay, we'll say that. Yeah. If, if you guys, if you guys haven't um, watched the show uh, Yellowstone, I highly recommend watching it. It's pretty good. It, I have not. It, What's it on? It Paramount Network, I guess. Um, it's on one of the streaming services because we we started it and yeah. we didn't finish. It might be HBO Max. Like I don't quote me so on that. It's. So if it's created by a guy named Taylor Sheridan, he wrote Sicario. Yeah. He wrote and directed Wind River. Um, right. He was like a co-writer for Sons of Anarchy for the entire show. Like, um, and it's really good. The first couple episodes takes, it's like a very slow burn, like kind of like builds you into like, I was not anticipating to even be excited about a guy owning a mm-hmm. ranch and trying to defend it from people trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? Modernize Montana, but damn, this show's good as fuck. And I binge watched all three seasons this last week. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I definitely recommend it. Anyone who likes slow burn drama that has a lot of politics, but every now and then can get extremely randomly violent. Um, that's the show for you is Yellowstone. It's really good. I, over the past week, uh, rewatched the Revenant, uh, for the first time in a while. And man, that movie just like, it blows you away with how visually beautiful it is. That's a great movie. Um, yeah. And it's a legit amazing movie. And also Tom Hardy uh, is basically playing Buffalo Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs in that movie. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've ever noticed that, but it's like, if you, if you go back and watch it, it's, he's basically okay. doing like a Buffalo Bill impersonation the entire time. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's my uh, recollections from this week culturally um okay i guess are we ready to dive in and eat this shit sandwich that is <laughs> cotton bowl review we got some good stuff though that we're gonna do today but yeah yeah so uh i watched the first half of this game and fortunately i had to go to work and was not subjected to the second half um what did i miss um even worse than what the first half was that's what you missed yeah, you missed. You missed uh, I mean, at a certain point, and I can't tell you what point that is. I mean, it was clear we gave up entirely and just started playing the really young guys. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. Uh, I missed the final couple drives. I was too I was too annoyed. And um, I, I can handle getting our ass beat. I can handle being outplayed. I can't handle like the team not up. showing up. And it just seemed like from the get go, it's just like the guys just didn't give a fuck. And that might have been due to uh, the the three practices or whatever and everybody opting out. I mean, there's there's a lot of excuses and reasons you can give out there. But like uh-huh. if they're not if they're not going to put in the effort when they show up, even, I mean, if you get blown up by Bama, it's one thing. But if you I mean, it's just, yeah, if you don't if you don't put in the effort, why am I going to put in the effort of watching absolute pain? You know, if I want to deal with pain, I at least want to see them trying. So I, I, I got yeah. big. Uh, I got big Arkansas 2016 vibes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, just pick six, like right, right at the top, yeah. and then it's just off to the races, and we didn't even get off the bus. Well, what's sad though is that at the beginning we actually looked like we were going to make it a game in the first quarter, and then it just went off the rails again. It's like, and I love 
Kyle Trask. He has done an incredible job here. That dude should not have been playing that game. Yeah. He should not have been playing. Like he had no chemistry with any of those receivers. He was, for whatever reason, was either focused on not getting hurt so he doesn't miss out on the pro ability, like going to the pros, or was not focused, I guess. And maybe that's just an indictment on everyone, not just him specifically. But I think if we had went into the game playing with the goal of just playing Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson the game might have been a little bit closer, but I still think we were going to get blown out because I don't think the coaches really gave a fuck. Yeah, it certainly didn't seem like it. Um, I, there was I, some I, highlights I, to it. Like There was some nice things. I saw some nice plays from some younger guys, and I'm really excited to see what they can do going forward. And there was some things that actually make me feel even worse is that I don't think Emory Jones is that guy. I mean, and keep in mind, it's a small sample set. And he's going into a game with no preparation, really, against a really good Oklahoma team, right? Don't discount the fact that Oklahoma is really good. Um, but he just didn't look good. Like, he didn't look like he's going to be able to take that next step. It's almost like he's peaked, and maybe that's the fault of the coaching staff in, you know, not playing him more or only making him run when he does play. Or maybe that's all he can do is run. Maybe he's not that great of a passer. I'm not ready to uh, to start like blaming anybody for somebody I'm, that we haven't seen yet. And I, I get what you're saying too. I do get it. So I'm not like trying to say you're you're full out blaming or anything. But yeah, it's um he, there there are concerns with him. I mean, there's going to be concerns anytime you're switching from a great great quarterback to uh, to a new guy. Period. I guess the one thing I'll say is that even if he's been training in this team on this team with uh, the second string receivers and third string guys, the offense still isn't built for him. So it, it will be a completely new look next year because we're going to switch up the offensive line a good bit and the sets they run. We're going to switch up our different, our formations and we're going to just build the team more around him. Unlike this year where we had it completely built for Trask and his skill set, or as best as we could. So that's, um, that'll be a huge storyline. We'll be covering that a bunch along with uh, Jacob Copeland, not putting in any work in, uh, in football and obviously focusing too much on his rap career and, and Twitter loathing and all that other stuff. Yeah, I uh, I had mentally prepared for a loss uh, by the time the game started. Um, you know the the number of opt outs and injuries and everything that we had, um, and then also I think after we recorded last time, um, I had started to see some uh, pictures of players back at home with their families for Christmas, um, which is you know that's fine, but it like was pretty apparent that we were only going to have three or four practice periods um, and against a team like Oklahoma that uh, is young and is kind of like cycling up for next year. Um, yeah, that's not good. That's not going to be a winner. Uh, I did not think that we were going to get blown out the way that we did, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I had already chalked it up as a loss mentally, so um, I haven't dwelled on it a whole lot. I think my my day before prediction was thirty eight twenty four Oklahoma something in that range. Yeah. So and that, yep. and that's kind of what happened. I mean, obviously we got blown out a little more than expected. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it can't be that surprising what happened. Yeah, and I I don't care what anyone says. It's embarrassing. Like I know it's like a game that doesn't really mean anything anymore with the way the current playoff structure is set up. But it's fucking embarrassing and. I don't know. I I rather we had just bitched out and not played the game than go in and bitch out in the game. 
if that makes sense. Uh, it's it's tough for me because yeah, it's uh, it is embarrassing to show up like that. But then yeah, you could have had yeah the team basically quit and use COVID as an excuse or something like that. Which I'm not saying any teams did like FSU, but I am saying you could have done that. And yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting question. Would you which one do you prefer? Uh, pussing out beforehand so you don't get nationally embarrassed, or just taking your punishment like a man? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, and sure, I'm not a huge fan of like Mullen's post game excuses, which come off as like whiny and entitled almost but it's like he kind of has some some solid things saying we we barely had enough players to qualify in two different positions he's like we probably shouldn't have played this game and they probably shouldn't have played this game like it comes down to maybe we're finally getting to the point now with covid and opt-outs and teams just saying no we're not playing anymore that maybe we finally get some robust changes to the playoff format maybe Maybe it goes to eight teams. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But, you know, and then, and then, I mean, it's like, fuck it. At this point, like, just make it eight teams and then get rid of the bowl games. Like, we don't need any other postseason. Like, you know, guys who don't make the NFL postseason don't continue to play. You know, like, if the bowl games aren't going to be relevant anymore, then get rid of them completely. That's how I kind of feel about it. I would, something I've thought about is for the non playoff bowl games, um, is to make them like in the spring and make them instead of spring games, you have bowl games for the teams that uh, had like qualified and gotten to a bowl the previous year mm-hmm. as like an added incentive to get the next year's team prepared. Sort of an exhibition. Yeah. 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 It'd be an interesting way um, of doing it. Um, and like basically not counting towards stats necessarily. Right. I mean. Yeah. Which, which they didn't for a long time. That's a relatively new thing. I think since late nineties, probably early two thousands. Like when the BCS started, they started counting it. It's really yeah. skewing things, especially with the uh, playoff teams and all that. And it's really kind of messing with all the stats. I mean, I yeah. guess it doesn't really matter, but you know, I mean, I wouldn't even mind like, was it the other day? Uh, Herb street, Joe T was like, why don't we have an eight team? regular playoff and then do an eight team uh nit <laughs> he was like, like he's like fuck it why not <laughs> and i was like that actually kind of sounds kind of fun you know it's like yeah it's not the prize you wanted but you can still go get something and it might encourage guys to actually play a little bit harder but from like the fact that our guys didn't care and i've been watching a lot of bowl games and it looks like a lot of just poor play from a lot of teams it just i don't think the bowl games are going to be a thing anymore like they shouldn't be because at this point, what's the point of playing them? So not to not to get too far down the rabbit hole, because we could spend the whole episode on bull oh, games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that this this game and and right afterwards showed off uh, the two or three probably biggest issues that I think Mullen and this staff have. Um, one of them being one that we've we've hit on a few times: the PR stuff. Every time after a loss, he's just full of excuses, and it's really annoying how he does it too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a way to do it. He doesn't do coach speak. Like, he does. He doesn't know how, or he's not willing. I don't know what it is. If someone knows, please feel free to tell me. I have no idea what he's going for. Um, yeah. So his PR, his PR stuff is, you know, whatever. I can deal with that. Uh, the second one would be some recruiting issues. Uh, there's some major concerns about depth, and we had a D lineman sit out, and it completely fucked our defense. Like that shouldn't happen. Losing one defensive tackle should not fuck your entire defense. Granted, mm-hmm. our defense sucked anyways, but maybe it was because our D line doesn't have any, you know, talent, experience, and depth. Like the right combination of that. Uh, same thing with wide receiver. Granted, we lost some really good ones, 
But the next guys, I'm a little worried about them. What's their ceiling? Like, is it possible the guys that we have on the roster are really capable of getting anywhere close to what Tony Grimes and Pitts have done this year or what the four guys last year that left did? I'm not convinced. So the the recruiting depth is kind of a concern right there. And I think we'll have a couple guys, but yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, like like one or two, but it's is one or two really close to like having multiple options like we've had. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I think mean, like every year we've had like last two years we've at least had at least four guys that we could go to, at least. And at least and like, even if it's just like one's competent, like yeah, it's just yeah. it's it's a real it's a real question. And then the third one, obviously, we'll be getting into a lot later, and that's uh, the coaching staff and what changes we're making. Isn't that four? Uh, well, it's a, well, maybe. I mean, you got me worried Excuses, now. defensive line, oh, receivers. Oh, oh, I was combining defensive line and receivers as just a whole uh, like okay, overall gotcha. recruiting gotcha. Uh, concern. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the receivers, yeah, like uh, you're, you're going to have some turnover. Um, you're you're going to have a significant drop-off after you have that amount of turnover two years in a row where you have yeah. whatever it was four last year and then three or four this year. But yeah, I, I think it is, it's valid to be concerned that we haven't recruited well enough to fill that spot uh, with competent players at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah like right fine. now we have to hope for, we have to hope for another big target in the in the portal, maybe like a shorter Grimes that we could bring in or someone like, hope that- someone like Eric Gilbert, perhaps. Yeah, or Perhaps. have to hope that one of these true freshmen got coming in, like Burke. You know, kind of step up like that. What was that guy for Clemson that, that when he was a freshman that just like dominated? Um, someone like that, like Justin Ross. You have to hope Burke makes like a Justin Ross type in, impression in his first season. You know, otherwise, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a transition <laughs> to go from uh, basically losing eight players in the span of two years to you know guys that we're backups to those players. And yeah, you have to expect the natural progression and maybe some of them will be better. Like I have a lot of high expectations for shorter. I think shorter has more potential than anyone we've named with the exception of Pitts. Like, I think he's got tons of potential and keep in mind, this is really his first season in the team. So like, he's still adjusting like Grimes had an okay year last year. And this year, I think Grimes played a lot better this year. So it's like, it takes a minute maybe, you know, for him to be, to, to do well. Um, hopefully Frazier's and Henderson can take that next step. Um, but yeah, I expect it to be a drop off next year for sure. Unless we can land some guys like Gilbert and maybe another top wide receiver in the portal. Yeah. So all told, who do we have going pro at this point? Who has declared? Um, as far as I am aware, and I could be wrong. So please correct me for wrong. We got Pitts, Trask, uh, Tony, um, Sean Davis. Yep. Slayton and Campbell and Marco Wilson. Did Slayton announce officially? I don't know if he announced, but I don't think he said he isn't coming back either. I think, I think it's one of the things we could probably assume is it's happening. I think based on his comments and everything we know about him, but I don't know if it's been announced. I don't think he said one way or the other for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see. That'd be a cool coup if we can get him, but don't count on that one. I'm not even sure if he has, he might have. But yeah, so Car- Carter, Zach Carter announced he's coming back. And that's going to be like the, the real thing is getting some people to announce they're coming back. And that's a huge one right there, that defensive line being a concern. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Marco oh, yeah, Wilson, did we say him? Huge. Yeah, Marco Wilson leaving. Um, that's okay. Um, I think everybody's happy with that. Both sides, probably. Well, And the thing is, I feel really bad about it, too, because I actually really liked him. And like... 
yeah, he deserved the the heat he was getting, but man, we fucking went all in. Like the fact <laughs> that his dad, the da- his dad shitting on the UF now and stuff. Like, I don't expect us to ever get anyone his dad has ever been in contact with ever again. Like that that's uh, yeah, yeah. We burned some bridges there. So it, it's frustrating to think what could have been with him because yeah. he was ultimately more physically talented than his brother was, and. uh, you know, I think the ceiling was higher there, but for whatever reason, it just never came to fruition. Yeah. I think he just got skittish and lost a step because of his injury. And and I've said this before, and we'll go more in detail when we talk about coaching, but for people who are listening, Toy and Gray is a really good cornerbacks coach, but he's not a good cornerbacks coach for the types of cornerbacks that we recruit. Um, Grantham likes tall, physical, man cover guys, and Gray is more of a zone coverage you know, five foot 10 to six foot type dude. Does that make sense? Um, And so when you have guys playing outside of their skill set, they're definitely going to not do well either. And, and so I'm not going to 100% blame Wilson for his poor play. I'm going to attribute at least 50% of that to his coach, in my opinion. Um, So it's unfortunate that he's going there, but um, yes, we got, we got guys that got went pro. Um, Obviously, Kyle Pitts will probably be a top 15, top 20 pick. Um, he should go higher than that, but NFL teams are stupid. Um, I got him top 10 pretty much locked in. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. But but the thing is, it, he's the guy, though, that would. I think I talked about this a couple pods ago. Like You got guys like Kelsey and Gronkowski and Kettle like being so good that – teams are now going to take notice to those game changing type tight ends, you know, whereas before a couple years ago, those weren't priority. Um, So he is the probably got a better chance than anyone else in the history of the NFL as his position to go that high. I think he does. I think he goes top 10. I think he shows up at pro day or combine dominates and yeah, just puts up some fucking stupid numbers, like whatever, six, six, two forty five, and runs like, Somewhere in the four fours, like back into the, R- the, the rumors are that he got clocked at four four one. That's his Christ. time at his size. That's fucking incredible. So basically, he reminds me almost exactly of Vernon Davis in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like the most yeah. athletic player coming out of the draft. And Vernon went six overall. Now, granted, I don't think Vernon had as much of a stacked receiver class. Uh, Pitts will be going up against like Jamar Chase, uh, Waddle, and Demonte Smith out of Alabama. Probably mm-hmm. somebody else I'm missing, but yeah. Um, He's that good. So at least uh, on paper and what he's shown so far. He's one of the few guys that still, he still has so much potential. He can still build more on his body to fit in the NFL schemes. And I don't know. Like I, he's one of the kind of guys that I feel like whoever does get him is going to, is going to utilize him and he's going to be able to be used. Like he's not going to be a bust. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, just a lot of teams in the top ten, though they need more important positions than than, than tight end right now. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm still hesitant to say he's a lock for top ten. I think he should be, but I'm more of a top fifteen, top twenty guy with him personally. Should be fun to see. Yeah. So, um, and then who else we got? Go Trask. You know, <laughs> Trask's performance in the bowl game I don't think is really going to hurt him because. He's going to go into the combine. He's going to interview really well. Um, t- 
teams are going to love his story. They're going to love that this guy came from basically nothing and built himself up to having statistically one of the best seasons in, in, in college football. Teams are going to take notice that that season went up against only SEC teams. NFL teams aren't AP Bowl voters, okay? I'm pretty sure that Kyle Trask has a very high draft stock right now. I do not think he'll be a first-round pick, but I'll be surprised if he drops out the second. Here's a question. Do you think his draft stock is higher, his draft stock is higher than Mac Jones? Oh, yeah. He's a better pro prospect than Mac Jones, but Mac Jones, Mac Jones is still a decent pro prospect. But Kyle Trask has has a better ceiling. I would, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, and I think that's very apparent. And I don't think a lot of people really think that way. And that might just be the casual fan or NFL yeah. or not yeah, college football Twitter people when, or whatever. When, when the NFL guys are evaluating things, they're going to look at who does this guy have around him. And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, wow, Trask is so much better than 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 Wilson from BYU." Yeah, maybe he is. But Wilson from BYU doesn't even have close to the weapons that Kyle Trask has, right? So that's why Wilson, with his season and the fact that he looks so good, will probably be a first-round pick because of that, right? Mac Jones has the one of the deepest teams around him, so that's going to kind of be a knock against him a little bit when it comes to draft evaluation. But I also think Mac Jones comes back next year, so I don't think it's going to really matter right now. Hmm. Um, so this is not... not- inherently gators related but uh where do you think felipe goes because <laughs> he he uh he declared yeah this past week. um i think someone with his skill set is you can't ignore that so he's gonna get drafted i just don't think it's gonna be very high i'm thinking like sixth seventh round pick Oh, I think somebody goes. Somebody gets real stupid. Somebody Maybe. looks at the arm yep. and looks at the physical build and makes a real bad decision and goes like third or fourth round. That's maybe, 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 maybe the Jaguars yeah. do that. Maybe the Jaguars do for that first overall pick. They confuse him with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you know, they've probably done dumber than that. So I can't. No, no they're going to draft Lawrence and they're going to ruin him. And Fields is going to become the like all world superstar yeah. franchise quarterback. Oh, Jaguars yeah. gonna, the Jaguars are going to draft Lawrence and then they're going to pull a Washington football team and draft Felipe Franks in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> and start Franks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, I think Franks gets drafted. There's no way he doesn't. There's no way he doesn't get drafted. The dude, the dude's got the best arm. Like he's got a better arm than Lawrence. So it's, it's just you know, it's just has he hit his ceiling? And I think he has. But there's going to be a quarterback coach out there that's going to think they can turn him into something special. So, well, and, and also like, how valuable is a fourth or fifth round pick? Like, isn't that, I mean, it's, it's got good value, but isn't that, now. isn't that where uh, you start to think about taking some shots on just like, Hey, this guy has insane upside. Like, yeah, you look at like the first and second round picks are guys that you're expecting to make immediate day one contributions, right? Like those are guys you're like, I expect this guy to be ready to go third, fourth and fifth round picks. Cause there's so many different positional needs. People need different stuff. So guys who are talented shouldn't drop that far, but they do. It happens all the time. Right? So those are the picks people are looking at. Like let's build up initial depth, but these are guys we still expect to be able to make a starting role sometime in the next couple of years. Right? Whereas sixth and seventh round picks are more geared towards, I really want this guy and I don't think I'll be able to sign him if he goes undrafted. So I'm just going to draft him. 
It's just like, like I feel like in the fourth and fifth round, you see a lot of quarterbacks go like uh, Jake Fromm or those Alabama quarterbacks in the early Saban years. Like uh, I can't yeah. even think of all the names, but all those guys who are clearly just like this really low ceiling dude. And I just feel like if you're going to take a quarterback, you might as well go for a high ceiling guy. Yeah. Well, quarterback is the most important position, obviously, and it's also the most expensive position. And it's like, fuck, if I can maybe hit on this fourth round guy to be my backup quarterback, that's cheap. Like that's gonna be super inexpensive because most because like like if you can go look at that, I can't pull I'll pull it up in a minute if I if you guys need to, but I can guarantee there are a lot of backup quarterbacks in the NFL making more money than a lot of starters in the NFL. Um and that's because the position is just so valuable and so ex- and so expensive. So like if you can get a backup quarterback who could legitimately come in and play a couple games for you, the fourth round, fifth round is is ideal because that's cheap. It's a four year contract that costs some pennies compared Makes to what sense. an actual yeah, back at what cost. I honestly never even thought about that because I'm always like, why is this guy going in the fourth or fifth round? He's clearly never going to start, but they don't need him to. They just need him to, you know, be a perennial backup. And those Bama yep. quarterbacks are perfect for that. You know, solid yep. leader. They'll try. They'll yeah. they'll learn the books. Yeah. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that's like, fuck, Matthew Stafford's out for a game. Let me put in my quarterback. You know, like that's that's what they're for. And just survive running the ball. And yeah. Do you think Marco gets drafted? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. He'll he, be, he will be, but man, how how early? Like an actual pick or like a six-rounder? I don't think he will. I think he goes undrafted. I think he'll get drafted, but I think it'll be really late. Um, I also think Sean Davis could draft, but I also think it'll be really late. Um, I could see Davis more as like a fourth or fifth-round guy. It just really depends on what someone's looking for. Yeah. Um, like he just he didn't have that great of a season, and neither did Wilson. But, you know, it's just a defensive back playing in the sec will probably get the benefit of the doubt more so than a defensive back playing in a different conference, especially when both defensive back coaches get fired immediately following uh, the bad season that they had. So yeah, maybe that's a good excuse for them to play it off. Yeah. Uh, someone who I think is going to get drafted a lot higher than was initially projected and is still being projected. And that's Kadarius Tony. Um, I think Kadarius Tony is going to show up on combine. He's going to just be like Pitts, and he's going to be a workout warrior. He's going to dominate. Um, I guarantee his three cone drill is going to be fucking like Bill Belichick's <laughs> yeah. going to be salivating and jacking off in the fucking bleachers when he sees his three cone drill. Um, but I still think he's probably a second round pick at this point. But before the season before the season started, I said he was undrafted. Then halfway through the season, I was like maybe third or fourth. And now I'm thinking, I'm thinking high second. I'm thinking this is a guy that if there's a team that really, 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 really likes him, they may they might take him at the end of the first if they need to as well. Like I think he's going to be one of those top first couple people in the second round. And I've seen projections actually have him going in the first or second round now, like late oh, first, okay. um, mid second, somewhere in that range. So people are kind of starting to pick up on the Tony, the well, Tony hype. Like he's a he's a gadget player, but he's a really good gadget player, and. You know, people see what Tyreek Hill's doing on the Chiefs and, you know, Kareem Hunt can do. You know, he's obviously Kareem Hunt's a running back, but it's like these are guys that you just don't you just don't pass on uber athletic guys, especially when Kadarius Tony dominated the SEC this year. Like and you know, it's not like he's tiny. Like I actually thought he was like five foot nine, five foot ten. I forgot I didn't realize he was six foot. So it's not like he's small. So he's 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 gonna be a he's gonna be a, a high pick. Also, his um his rap music is actually pretty good. I was listening to it today. No, it's not. 
<laughs> I was about to say we need to give a shout out to his album. He worked so hard on his album while working hard at receiver. So and you know what? Um, I haven't listened to it, but I can honestly say it's the best rap, rap album that I've heard all year too. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, um, another guy who I think is going to go higher than expected, um, but not as high as Tony, and that's Slayton. Um, you know, guys that are his size and as athletic as he is, don't come around often. So he's definitely going to, uh, you know, have a lot of the teams interested in him. He seems so, like a, po- a possible combine warrior too. Like, mm-hmm. and then even if not, all you have to do is just weigh him there and then show the videotape of him dunking the ball and someone's going to take him high. Yeah. Like, and I went back and watched a lot of film of him, like a lot of like the highlights and stuff like that. And he takes double teams all game long and he's still getting through them. Like, I don't think you guys realize how much I think Slayton had a significant more of an impact on our team this year than Campbell, even though Campbell, when they played next to him, obviously the defense played a lot better, but I'm really impressed with Slayton this year. I think he had a really low-key dominant defensive tackle season for us. Well, it's one of those things, too, where like Campbell gets a single team, so he's able to make this huge impact, whereas the next guy up can't. So the the combination of the two is just um, a huge yeah. thing. But yeah, no, I believe it. Slayton's been absolutely great and unheralded because he doesn't get stats. All right. Is there anybody else? Grimes? Yeah, Grimes would probably be like a second or third round pick. He's got, he's got tons of potential. Yeah, but he's a dime a dozen wide receiver prospect in this extremely deep wide receiver class. So it's going to be, you know, you go in the second. If someone really likes him, you probably go in the third. I could even see him drop down to the fourth, depending on who's selected and team needs. So, but I don't think it's an indictment of who he is. I think if he wasn't in such a deep wide receiver class, then I could probably say for certain he'd probably make a second round pick. Okay. Uh, did we miss anybody? I don't think so. Not yet. Who has anyone who's declared at least? Is there anybody else that we're expecting to declare? I thought one of the running backs might. Yeah. But after Clement saying that though, I don't think so. I don't yeah, I think either either they transfer or they stay. Like I don't I don't think they go to the draft. I don't think they have enough draft stock or capital. E- either one of them. They didn't do anything this and, year. And I can see Davis potentially making a transition to slot receiver. He's the one to do it. Um he might he might be the best pass ca- pass catcher on the team next year, honestly. So like I can see him doing that. And so it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, Iverson Clement going and I don't know if the v- listeners who, who aren't aware, Clement tweeted out the other day that the running back room is loaded and it's like a shame or something that both those guys aren't going to the NFL this year or, or something like that. So that's probably why Clement transferred to begin with um, because he would have to be going up against those two Pierce and Davis plus Lingard plus Bowman. Um, Naquan. But also, and Naquan White. Yeah, sorry. I keep forgetting Naquan White. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of feel like both of them are coming back. But I don't know if Davis will come back as a running back. He might be more of a hybrid slot receiver type guy. He's had some really bad fumble issues too. And at, at first it seemed like a fluke, but it's it just keeps happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, may, say, yeah. maybe we'd prefer him not toting the ball necessarily and, you know, just being in catching the ball. Because if just you catch it, catch it and run out of bounds, because yeah, <laughs> there's, fucking and there's also there's also a big difference between like yeah, fumbling it when you need just a solid run versus you know getting a twenty yard catch and then fumbling it too. So yeah, yeah. Um, fewer hands we, we have the seniors too, like the guys who technically should be leaving, like Stewart and Steiner, um, Heggie, Forsyth. Forsyth will be a mid round pick. 
Um, Delance. Delance probably won't get drafted. Marlon Dunlap. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm naming guys. Yeah. Naming guys that probably come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I have at this point now. I feel like some of them might come back, but I don't know who's gonna. I don't know what's happening. Like, I guess that's kind of the most annoying thing too. Is that I maybe this is not. Maybe it is the same. I'm just rem- like remembering it wrong, but I had a feeling like we kind of knew what was gonna go on in the off season pretty quickly with our previous coaches. Whereas Mullen kind of keeps things very like close to close to his chest. And well, so he, it's kind of like he does the exit interviews too. So I don't even know if they've had them all yet with the players. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Zachary Carter coming back, huge deal. Um, if Zachary Carter had went to the draft. I probably would have pegged him as a third or fifth round pick. So um, he's gambling on himself and by association, gambling on the defense to take a step up next year to make him look better to potentially be drafted higher. As long as we pick up a nose tackle through the portal, then I I think the defense can step up now. I want, I want Shelton from Penn state so bad. The The more uh, I watch about him, the Penn state defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah, the more I watch about him and the more that like when he I went to the the CFB thread of him announcing he was entering the transfer portal, which he's a graduate transfer, FYI. So he's not leaving because of a lack of playing time or anything. And they're losing their fucking minds. They're like, no, he's the best defensive tackle on our team. Like these guys are freaking out. Um, And he I went back and watched highlights of the Penn State games this year, and he continuously takes double teams just like Slayton. Unlike Slayton, he actually gets the quarterback. He had like five and a half sacks this year. Um, which would be tied for first place on our team, so uh, I want him. We need Six we need somebody exactly like that. Now the the only downside being that he only has one year of eligibility left. Yes, yeah. but well, that's you, probably you know, a good stopgap. You know, yeah, beggars can't be choosers here. <laughs> Take what we can get sometimes. <laughs> like yeah. if we can get another like him and then another defensive tackle with a couple of years, that's great. If not, then uh, yeah, I mean just him. Just just take somebody. So it'll happen. Okay, so. Um, are we ready to move on to discuss the coaching situation? Speaking sure. of beggars and choosers. Oh yeah, love love this. Not really. So right now, as of four sixteen Central Time on Saturday, January second, it sounds like and looks like, and we're pretty confident that Grantham is going to be back next year. Yay! And uh, Torian Gray. And Ron English got the boot. Yay! Um, That's a real yay. That's actually exciting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, boy, Ron English, he goes on the the Mount Rushmore of shit positional coaches. Okay, let, let's let's do this quickly because this will be fun for me. Okay. Yeah. Let's go through every issue that Ron English has caused. Okay. We can we can even compare it to what he's done well. Which which will be a very short list. If you want to start with that, we can. Um, Ron English is the reason we added Chris Steele, and uh, we don't really have to get into all the issues with that. But that was a uh, that was almost, almost seems doomed from the start. Everything in California was Ron English, also yep. hey, all doomed hey, from the start. Hey, we had Chris Steele for like twenty four hours. Okay, yeah, that, was, that was great, and then he lost us uh, multiple players and uh, made yeah, us look no. bad in the process and shit on the team. And yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. Um, and he. By extension of that, I would say that he's responsible for Cordell Landers and yes, yes, Silverton. Exactly. Correct? Yeah. Yep. He he has those California connections, and I imagine I, I believe I believe one of them specifically, the one who was like this huge, basically recruiting fuck up that had violations and got fired for them. 
Uh, I think that was Ron English's connection, so to speak. Um, yeah, so that that was bad. Uh, the safeties obviously got worse and worse every single year. He coached the safeties, the star position especially. Anybody who started who played star immediately went from a good player to absolute shit, and then never recovered. I don't know what I don't know what kind of magic voodoo he put. Like he put like a curse on these guys or something. But like we take these promising kids, we're like, yeah, you can play star. You got the size, and then boom, they can't play anymore. And they're like, oh shit, let's put them back. And then nope, they can't figure it out. It's like the the monsters getting uh, sapping all the power from the basketball players. Like he in, picked uh, the Space worst Jam. profile picture to change his profile picture. Oh man, well there isn't a good one of him. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty magical. Just like it wasn't just that he was like passively bad, he was actively bad. Yes, it was like he worked at it. Yeah, that's a great way of putting like, it. We had some really bad positional coaches throughout the years, like Greg Nord, Oof. but he was like, he was just a waste of space. I don't oh. feel like he was actively undermining anything that we were trying to do. Hey, so I looked an hour ago. I know we're talking about Ron English, but I looked an hour ago. Torian Gray did finally remove all of his stuff off of Twitter. Oh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. He's yeah, he's gone, gone. So that's official. Um, yeah, and so uh, with Gray, uh, like you said earlier, Hammer, I think he's a pretty decent coach. Um, just probably not matched stylistically to what we are hopefully trying to do defensively, ideally. Um, just a, yeah, just maybe not a good fit and, in multiple and, ways. And he's a good recruiter too, so I, I think he's going to be successful somewhere. Um, he's a good guy and he's a good coach. He's put a lot of guys into the NFL. He's a yeah. good recruiter. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's just not, it's not, it's not a fit. Like, like, you know, like it, he's just better in the coaching in a team that like his corner positions more rely on safety help than anything else. And unfortunately he had the worst safety coach of all time helping him out with that. So that probably didn't go in Gray's favor, you know? Yeah. Um, just you just got to get the the guy that works though, and and honestly, we're going to pick up a solid recruiter to replace him. Like that's that's a position that we do target good recruiters for, and Florida lands good players anyways. So that's not a huge concern of mine. Just get somebody that works. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's frustrating how how bad the secondary got. It really is. It doesn't always make sense either. So um, one of the prevailing rumors right now is that the targeted hire will be uh, Traveris Robinson. I can never pronounce his first name correctly. That's I think correct. that's it. Oh, Traveris, yeah. Yeah. Um, also known as T-Rob, and that he is being targeted to be the secondaries coach as a whole, um, rather than dividing it between uh, safety and corner. Um, I don't know. That's a rumor. I, I don't know exactly how much stock to put in that. It seems like the biggest rumor and it's kept, it's got a lot of smoke to it. So maybe it's legitimate. I don't know if from what I was reading online that, that, that Robinson had zero interest coming here unless he got the entirety of the defensive backs. Um, I don't know. And I guess maybe with the firing of the entire Texas staff, there actually is a couple guys on that team. I wouldn't mind having like on that defensive yeah, coaching staff. I wouldn't mind having on our team now too. So it's like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. If T. Rob is the new defensive backs coach, I'll be okay with it. It's not the guy I want. Okay, like I could probably name 
at least two or three more guys I'd rather have than him. That's not a discredit to him. I just kind of like how like Zlat feels about it. I, I, I just don't want anyone that involves Muschamp back on the team. Yeah, I it's completely kind of, agree. Kind of yeah. That being said, though, it necessarily isn't fair to like hold that against him because he's a good coach and South Carolina fans, you know, are like, listen, he's an amazing defensive backs coach. He's just horrible at being a coordinator. And that's what he was the last two years was a coordinator. And so whatever. And that team sucked and Muschamp sucks. So, and when he was here, we had some of the best cornerback play we've ever had. That's, that's true. Um, I don't quite understand the level of obsession that some Gator fans seem to have with him. I guess maybe it's just that, that was the last time we had really dominant defensive back play was yeah. when he was here. But like the flip side of that is that that was like among the most talented defensive back rooms that has ever been put together in college football. Right. Like, I mean, the lower end recruits in those DB rooms that he was coaching were like Duke Dawson, who right. was a what top 200 national recruit he's like a Keanu Neal. Star every, yeah. yeah yeah i mean like guys like that were at the low end all nfl guys too yeah yeah i mean it's like it, it's great that he developed them um and the coaching was good but it's also i mean he was he was born on third base um right. yeah so i i don't necessarily and he, and he buy much champ helping him probably you know right. a little bit yep. and, and so i don't necessarily buy that it's going to be like, you know, the be all end all with the level of guys that we have currently. I don't think it'll be a nine day change. Yeah. And I think a big part of the reason that it's just smoke right now is that we're still figuring out exactly what to do here too, because we have two spots open and there's a, there are a good number of guys available. So right now you're out, you're making offers or you're at least talking to guys interviewing and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I want to fill these spots? Because there's a really good chance. We still have two defensive back coaches after this. Yeah. Um, or we could go like, with one. Like, yeah. It's, there's I'm, a lot like, of ways. I made, and I made a I made a little quick list of like staffing scenarios I wouldn't mind, you know. But especially after the fire, which by the way, Texas firing Tom Herman yeah, today is cool. Sure. Fuck. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I assume Chris Ash is at the top of both of our lists. Probably, yeah. I mean, it, like that would be Chris from Ash a recruiting standpoint and like potential defensive coordinator and waiting standpoint. Yeah. That would be a, a huge coup. So I have a couple of things here. I'm going to listen to you guys. I want you guys to Kevin, can I give me some feedback on what you think? Okay. So I have, and there's these options are in no order. All right. It's just kind of just scenarios. I thought about, um, option one is bringing in Coleman Hutzler, the linebackers coach from Texas, who's a really good recruiter. Have him be the outside linebackers coach transition to Christian Robinson, the middle linebackers coach, and then poach the very underpaid, but really good Mike Reed from Clemson and name him co-DC slash DB coach. All right. Okay. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I like it. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Another option I have is, is bringing in Chris Ash, the Texas, the former Texas defensive coordinator as the DB coach, getting Travis Williams from Auburn as the oil, as the outside linebackers coach. Every scenario involves Christian Robinson just for transition to middle linebackers. FYI, just so you guys know that. Um, and then Travis Williams is the outside linebackers coach. He's used, he used to be Auburn's guy. Um, Did they have they cut ties with him, or is he one of the guys that they're trying to keep on staff? They're one of the guys that tr- he's trying. They're trying to keep, but he's really good. And that I also have another Auburn staffer in my. So I have another one like like Traverius Robinson comes in as a DB coach, right? But then 
and I really like this one. I don't think it, it's out of all the scenarios about the list. It's probably the least likely. Okay. But poach Rodney Gardner from Auburn. If you guys know yeah. who Rodney Gardner is, Rodney Gardner is the Auburn's defensive line slash associate head coach. He's older, but the dude is probably one of the top five recruiters in the country. Easily. Just have him kind of be a defensive assistant for the whole defense and let him recruit. And then honestly, tra- if if we poach anybody from Auburn, while those are wonderful, you know, plans, ideally, um, I would say uh, Wesley McGriff would be more likely. Okay. Yeah. Um, like more attainable, I would think, because I don't I don't see him being retained, and he's more of a journeyman, right? Type of coach. And then another one I had was um, another scenario and getting a new co DC and someone I really like who I think probably won't have a job soon and not, it's not his fault, but I'm thinking we poached Dante Williams from Southern Cal, their cornerbacks coach, yeah. name him co DC. He's, he's a really good cornerbacks coach. Um, he's not coming Traverius, yeah. And then Traverius Robinson just takes the DB slot, but you know, then obviously I don't think Traverius Robinson would do that. So, but I just kind of, just kind of scenarios I had in my head. So the downside of uh, Traverius Robinson, which might be an upside to some is that he probably does want that whole defensive back coach. Mm-hmm. single single spot and um i i actually originally was on that train where why not just have one guy coach it but i was looking at it and i think alabama ohio state clemson and notre dame all have two defensive back coaches oh yeah so there's yeah there seems like there's something to that it's definitely the norm now um nc state i was looking through some because there was also a rumor that there was a safeties coach for an acc team who is trying to like work his way into the situation here. And uh, so I was looking through ACC teams and NC state actually divides theirs up into three groups. They have a cornerback coach, a safeties coach and a Nichols coach. Interesting. Yeah. That seems like a waste of, it does. I assume one of them is a really good recruiter. Yeah. Either that or somebody who stepped in when another guy got fired or left at like the last minute, but I'm sure they have quality control guys covering other spots. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I would love to, I would love to poach Chris Ash in some capacity. Yeah, here's an, um, I have a name actually that you I don't know if y'all are done with your names or not, but I came across it. If you remember uh, Daryl Dixon, is he familiar at all to either of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be the um, he was from he's the guy from The Walking Dead, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one, <laughs> that, that Daryl Dixon. He also played for Florida though, uh, way back in the I think early two thousands maybe, but. Um, <laughs> He's at Army right now. He's been there for a few years and coaches the cornerbacks there. Um, you have connections, just a cornerbacks coach, and Army obviously has had some good defenses. So just a name I saw. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that I wouldn't be like, like, and just like to circle back to the most likely prospect, which is T Rob coming in as DB's coach. I'm not mad about it, I think it'll be okay. He is, he's better. He's definitely a better fit for the guys we recruit than gray for sure. Um, he's more of an aggressive man cover guy. And I think it'll probably just be a wash when it comes to recruiting, but um, I don't think he would be, he's not my top pick. So um, if the ACC safeties coach situation is true, uh, I think it's Pitt's safeties coach, Corey Sanders. He's a good coach. He's a good safeties coach. Yeah, um, I mean, I would be pretty happy with that. Um, he's I'm not sure he was a recruiting. Coach. He was a head coach in Florida at like a Division two school, um, 
So, I mean, he's got head coach experience and defensive coordinator experience. And, uh, I mean, their safeties have been really good. I, I like anyone associated with that defense because, like, they're there's not a whole lot of, like, missed tackles and bullshit. Like, they're tough-nosed and, and solidly coached. Um, Narduzzi's a good coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it, at the end of the day, this feels like Band-Aids being put on a, a situation that needs... Yeah, because the ultimate, ultimate problem is that Grantham is still here. Yeah. And I like... I think Grantham's a good dude, and... I just think that his style of defense is either completely outdated for modern college football, right? Or he's just not, he's not focused. Like it doesn't make sense to me why your entire defense would have so many issues when it comes to angles and lining up correctly and being disciplined. Like it does not make sense to me. It's either it's 100% just Grantham just not, not giving attention to the small shit. And when you're not going to give attention to the small shit, it turns to a domino effect of big shit. Right. Speaking of uh, keeping around guys who probably have passed their time by uh, just reading a tweet from Bruce Feldman, that there's optimism that Michigan will be extending Jim Harbaugh through 2026. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they're kind of in a, they kind of got to his contract is up next year. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. There's a, there's a belief at least that you can't have a, a lame duck head coach and continue recruiting in any capacity. Well, just I mean, that's probably true. Hire somebody else, but I mean, I guess I guess that's crazy. Well, you also think that it's like, right. who are they going to pick? Matt, Matt Campbell. Campbell. Is he going to be any better than Harbaugh is at Michigan? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> he's not. He's not Harbaugh. Like, yeah. Here's the interesting. Here's the thing. Ohio State. And let, wait, let me finish this before you guys go this. Ohio State is Georgia, but with a good coach. All right? I would say Ohio State is Georgia, but without the same level of in-conference competition. Maybe, but I don't know. Like, I, I still think they're, I, I, they're a tier above overall pre- prestige-wise, but it's pretty similar in, because Georgia makes up for that in uh, recruiting ability, I guess. Right. So, yeah. It, uh, I, I guess I, I don't I, – I haven't – well, I mean, I guess last night, uh, other than last night, I don't necessarily, s- I, I haven't necessarily seen anything that makes me think Ryan Day is head and shoulders above smart as far as head coaching ability. I mean, the only reason they did anything was uh, taking one of George's players. I don't know what that actually yeah. means, but I'm I pointing so. it out anyways. But like, I don't know, I just, <laughs> like Harbaugh can't beat them, obviously, but it's like, who, is, who are they going to replace Harbaugh with? And maybe Campbell is a good choice, maybe. Well, I'm okay. Um, Camp- Campbell's probably got a decently high floor, like a Mullen style floor. So mm-hmm. why not? Why not make the move? You know, Harbaugh's never going to be the, Ohio it's State. It's, it's, Maybe Campbell will. You know what you Harbaugh. Yeah, Harbaugh's winning ten, nine, ten games a year. Yeah, uh, nine or ten I'm games saying, a year I'm, I'm, in I'm, that in that conference is trash. I don't think Campbell's any better than that. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about just for that role. Like you have. It's a bottleneck right now with Ohio State. So unless Ohio State completely collapses, I don't think Harbaugh is going to ever take that next step. And I don't think you're going to put – unless you somehow Urban Meyer or someone like that comes in, they're not going to take that next step in Michigan either. And I don't – I want Matt Campbell, because I like him, to kind of be Harbaugh in five years because he can't make that next leap. You know, It's just a good way to get out of a really tough situation where you're stuck with a Michigan man just because he's a Michigan man. 
Yeah, but who are they going to replace him with? That's I just told you, Matt, Matt Campbell. Like that, get, uh, yeah. that gets you out of the situation. So even if he doesn't work out, he could. <laughs> yeah. I think they need to pull the trigger because like they know what it is. Like it's even, even if potentially the, the floor could be lower with somebody else, like, you know what you're getting at this point. So take a shot and yeah. maybe you find, you know, maybe you strike gold. That makes sense. Sorry. I'm just the third Harbaugh brother. Okay. I gotta, I gotta defend my bro. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. The fourth Harbaugh brother, because Taggart is the third. That's true. Hold on. I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing these, uh, <laughs> on the CFB post, there's optimism inside Michigan. You know that that tweet you just said, and the top comment is, "What an absolutely incredible 24 hours for Ohio State." <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical funny. year for them. <laughs> <laughs> the next comment, Ohio State fan, is, "This is the best year I've ever had in my life." <laughs> oh man. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. But yeah. Okay. So, what's your guys? So. We've talked about this significantly on the Discord, and I don't want to go in too hard on it, but for people who maybe aren't involved in Discord, if you're not involved in Discord, definitely join. We're going to put a link on the on the post here. You should definitely come hang out. It's a lot of fun. Um, what is your perception of Dan Mullen if Grantham's here still? If that's legitimate, if the rumors are true that Grantham's sticking around, what is your guys' opinions of Dan Mullen? Better than Harbaugh, but probably the same that I had with him coming in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah, it, like it I was, confirms yeah, it confirms what I thought from from the outset for me. I had some major concerns with him being hired because it just wasn't that exciting, and the reason it wasn't exciting was uh, was a concern about the ceiling. And he's, um, I'm not saying he's proving that ceiling is going to be low, but he's doing everything he can to prove that there there is not a ceiling above where we are right now. Like he's doing everything he can to show that. So yeah, the the recruiting is an issue. Um, the staffing might be an issue and it's almost like the same issue that it is with recruiting, like just not willing to go all in and take some of those necessary moves that, that um, a more cutthroat person and a person who's more in it to win it would. Uh, I, I agree with that. He's an, he's a very, very, very good head coach and is one of the best offensive minds in the game. And in my opinion, the best quarterback developer that there is, but um I don't know if this, it feels like there is always going to be two or three self-imposed impediments that are just unnecessary and that are going to prevent us from punching through to the next level. You, you force yourself to play from behind, which, yep. yeah, you can beat a team that is more talented and maybe even just looks better overall than you once off. Like we can beat a Georgia. We could even beat an Alabama. But the question is, can we beat them in the same season and another playoff team? Or two. Right. right. And you answer, can beat one, but can you beat three or four in the same season? Yeah. And, right. and the answer so far has been a resounding no. Well, here's an interesting tweet for you guys from John Middlecoff, who is the host of Three and Out with Colin Coward, said that uh, heard have heard from people who know things that Dan Mullen would leave Florida for the Jets in a New York minute if he was offered the job. Colin Coward is a fucking loser. And he just this isn't Colin Coward. This is John Middlecoff. But wasn't he quoting he's, on or what? Either either way, no, he's his co-host. Okay, so so here's here's the thing. Um, I I do believe that Mullen would go to the NFL if the right offer came. Like, it seems to kind of fit his Be more the style the style that he wants to do in coaching. It really does. Um, will those I offers come? I don't coaching. know. He doesn't like. I don't think he likes recruiting. I think he's just it just bores him or. 
not even bores him, just drains him. Well, he doesn't have to suck and, up to a bunch of college kids if he's in the pros. Yeah. Like, he'd be a better fit in the pros. I don't want him to leave this year because there's fucking nobody to replace him with. <laughs> um, so it's like, fuck, like, who do we? Because then you can't yeah. go with a temporary solution because then you will have an absolute abysmal recruiting class, right? All this, like, hype we've built up with the, all these great players like Bowman and everyone. Like, I guarantee if Dan Mullen is gone to the NFL this offseason, Bowman's gone. And some of these other guys are gone. Like there's not going to stick around. Um, there's no point unless we can somehow convince fucking urban Meyer to come out of retirement, to come with one, one more run with Florida or, <laughs> you know, like, like, or Steve Spurrier says, fuck it. I'll do it myself. And he puts on his Thanos gauntlet and fucking comes down and, you know, trash talks the sec all the way to a playoff championship win with Emory Jones next year. I don't see it happening. So, yeah, the the and and again, I'll I'll just make this very clear. I do not want Mullen gone. Like, I don't think yeah. he needs to be fired. Right. I think that's even a question right now for me. It's just the question is, does he have the ceiling I want? My answer right now, I I, I see no. Like, it could. Yeah. I would love to be proven wrong. It could happen. I don't think it will. I'd love to see what his two hires are. Yeah. I want to see yeah. what his two hires are. It'll be and, interesting. And kind of go from there because Brewster Brewster was a good hire that went in kind of a different direction Bre- than what Mullen Brewster- had been doing. Yeah, Brewster's a good hire, and if, like, say hypothetically, guys, let's say he brings on, like, a Chris Ash or um, someone top that make it makes him Cody C. It's kind of like the writing's on the wall. He's going to take over once Grantham's contract expires, right? Does that change your perception a little bit from what you just said five minutes ago? No. Okay. Like, I, I, my, my perception is based off of what he did with Grantham, basically. So, yeah, and, and yeah, I was, I was in a holding pattern this season of thinking, allowing myself to get my hopes up again that maybe he can, maybe he can make the necessary changes and rip the necessary band aids um, to punch through to that next level. But yeah, I, I mean, like right now, seems like no. Yep. So that that's where I'm at. And um, again, there, there's a chance he could prove us wrong. Like there there are actual legitimate reasons to keep Grant them. Like they're out there. Like sure. you could talk okay. about. Uh, building the defense around his guys. Uh, if we get rid of Grantham, you might lose a bunch of guys at the portal too. Like there's, there are concerns. You might want to have more of a transition. You might want to make sure that you have a defensive coordinator lined up. Like there are reasons. It's just, I think they're all bad compared to the, the uh, firing him. Like, I think there are right. more reasons to get rid of him. Well, so. and officially as of an hour ago, Texas has hired Sarkeesian as their head coach. Texas football tweeted it out. Sarky Sark. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, with Grantham, uh, unless I'm missing something, I don't think he's ever had a fourth year somewhere as a defensive coordinator. Lucky us. So maybe that's, maybe that's what you're looking at. Maybe four, Maybe the fourth year is the magic year. Oh, he's just building towards that fourth year. And he's just never had the opportunity before. You're making, making me Google this shit. And oh my God, I'm so mad at you right now because that's totally true. Actually, no, no. Georgia was four years, I think. 10, 11, 12. Yeah, he had four years at Georgia. Yeah. Um, but under him, Georgia's defense finished number 45 in the nation his last season, which is the lowest the Bulldogs finished during Grantham's four-year tenure. So no. <laughs> we haven't hit our four yet, boys. We're- well, yeah, but that was above average or middle of the road, I believe, was the terminology discussed. Well, it's if you look at it this way, it's really middle of the road for FBS. Yeah, which is crazy because like... <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's bad when you like you you comment on like CFB that 
like like that you're mad at Grantham and that our like sworn enemies, fucking UGA fans simp and yeah. feel bad for us. It's like like that's when you know you don't have the right guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I can't remember where we were talking about this, but somebody brought it up. Like r- rivals are usually pretty spot on. This might have been on Twitter actually. Rivals are spot on in picking out an obvious true weakness mm-hmm. and riding it really, really hard because it's it's obviously the most painful. Like the 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 fake mockery, like everybody going, "Oh, Kirby is just Will Muschamp." Like it's pretty clear that he probably isn't. Like I don't think that really hurts Georgia fans feelings at all but like when they're like oh third and grantham third and grantham and when he fucking does it every single time it really hurts really hurts so maybe maybe there are uh times to listen to rivals it's uh it's just an interesting thing and um especially when it comes to them hiring your coaches up like south carolina fans didn't want to listen to florida fans about Muschamp. probably should have right and um you know i i it's not like i was excited about grantham but i talked myself into him and um yeah, that was. I that remember was when when Mullen was hired, uh, Mississippi State fans told us that he was a lazy recruiter, and uh, a lot of Gator <laughs> fans didn't believe that. And I mean, it was. I, I, I figured that was well known that he was, and um, yeah. while while I was hoping, and I was expecting the recruiting to get to a good spot compared to what McElwain did, and it has been much better than yeah. that. But um, it's not quite at the level that I was hoping for, even with my tempered expectations for Mullen's recruiting ability. And it blows my mind that Dan Mullen, like, coached by Urban Meyer's side as long as he did, and he's, like, the only assistant who doesn't give a fuck about recruiting. (laughs) Like, he's the only one. Like, Herman, great recruiter. Day, great recruiter. Charlie Strong was a great recruiter. Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yep. Nor do I. Um, all right. It would make his job so much easier. Like it really would. Yeah. Like it'd make his job so much easier if he could just land two to three more top fifty guys every year. Like I'm not asking for you know Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama level classes right now. I'm talking if he could just land a couple of those extra guys, his job would be so much easier. Okay, are we ready to move on? Yep. Yeah. So the playoffs were yesterday. The opening round of the playoffs. Um, insert playoffs playoffs. Yeah. So it didn't really go how I thought it was going to go. I guess we'll go over our picks now of, uh, the new year six bowls that have happened so far. Um, and we'll start with the playoff games, Alabama and Notre Dame. We picked that at Alabama minus 19 and a half. And that was a 31, 14 victory for the tide. Um, and all of us were on Alabama. Good teams cover, man. Fuck you, Notre Dame. I didn't watch any of that game. I was surprised by the score, and then everyone told me that the ass beating is not indicative of what that score was. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I didn't need to watch it to know what would happen, so I didn't watch it either. Right. I watched the, the Ohio State Clemson game. It was a good game. Yeah. Uh, Clemson collapsed. Yeah, so we picked that at Clemson minus seven and a half, and they didn't even win. Uh, 49-28 was the final. I picked Ohio Clemson. State crushed them. Uh, you picked Clemson, and Sorry. I picked Clemson, and Zlat was on OSU. Damn right Damn I was. It, well, <laughs> here's here's the thing: is that everyone was riding Ohio State because they didn't they didn't earn a playoff spot, and I agree they didn't earn a playoff spot, but they have 
all the players, and they've shown they could do it before. Unlike Notre Dame, who has shown they cannot do it, Ohio State has had a team that has been capable with a recent one. And we all know Fields is actually a potentially really elite quarterback. Maybe he is elite. So, yeah, I thought they had a chance to win, so why wouldn't I take seven? Well, I was I was picking against them because of how shitty they looked against fairly mediocre competition. Um, and it's, it's reasonable. It is. And but yeah, I mean, I, I guess they did like what Clemson normally does, which is kick it into gear, like right as the season is ending and right as they're <laughs> going into the playoffs. And they're fresh as hell. So I'm honestly I'm, I'm considering actually taking them to uh, to cover versus Bama, too. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it for sure. Uh, that opened at seven and that was like mid third quarter of that game. Circa put out a line for Ohio State and Bama in the national championship game. Um, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see where that line goes. And man, Justin Fields is a tough son of a bitch too. Like I give him props. Yeah. Apparently he had to get like what? Like they said he was given like five or six shots and he was getting um, like into his back and his back was all fucked up and probably broke a rib or something like that. He was tough and he kept playing. So props to him for sure. Um, because that guy didn't need to like, it's like, fuck, like, like he got hurt and he could have easily said, I want to play in the pros and make money. So I can't play anymore guys, but he didn't even back out there to potentially risk further injury at that point. And, well, and he fought, he fought hard to make this season happen for the big 10. Yeah. You know, he was, he was the one leading that charge. Um, so in the Florida, Oklahoma game, um, y'all were both on Florida to cover three. Ugh. Uh, I was on Oklahoma, uh, courtesy of the library card. And also I was pretty sure that Oklahoma was going to win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that line moved a lot. That ended up at, I think it was like Oklahoma minus 10 by the time the game kicked. Well, we, I mean, we had, um, we had more opt-outs because of opt-outs. Like at the time that we were making our picks, yeah. Tony actually was planning to play. He saw Grimes opt out. So he opted out too. Um, that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, yep. I just got a worse and worse feeling as we got closer. So yeah, if we had, if we had asked the day before the game, I would have been right, but I was not. I, and it, we didn't uh, for, for a couple of years there. It was the opt outs were typically only happening in the non new year six games. And now like, it's basically everything except for the playoffs. Uh, there's like mass opt outs. Um, so yeah, like we were talking about earlier, it's tough to see the bowl games continuing. Um, at least with any like meaning meaning to the outcome. Uh, Cincinnati and Georgia. Georgia was favored by seven, and we were all on Cincinnati, and we were all right. Yeah. They didn't win, but they, they, they came close. And they should have, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. They went up in that game, and uh, they, they kind of screwed the pooch. They, they had a turnover at a really bad time. They were about to make it. They could have made it 28 to 10. They were driving. They were they were feeling it and i think there was a really awkward fumble and that kind of did it in full momentum Um, shift oklahoma state and miami um so that one was interesting uh (laughs) we picked it at oklahoma state minus two and they won by three and that was a win for me and glatt and a loss for hammer who did i pick Uh, you picked Miami. You picked Miami. You always oh, picked shit. Miami. You like Manny Diaz more than Mullen. Uh, you want to kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I 
curtain, pulling back the curtain right now. A lot of people uh, don't know. Yeah. About Look, it, I'm, not, I'm not here to judge you for wanting to kiss a man on the mouth. I'm here to judge you for wanting to kiss a Miami fan on the mouth. He's uh, a handsome man. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. He's a good looking man. Except for the colors that he wears. That's wrong. Right. But I mean, you know, it's it's got that nice olive complexion. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the real... <laughs> Moving along. The real news, the real news there was uh, Derek King. Uh, I believe it was a deal. Um, and they said that they expect him to be able to recover in time for the season opener next year. But um, I don't know. You, you just crazy. never know. Like some, sometimes his injuries are actually way quicker than they used to be, but it's still a major yeah. knee injury. So it just kind of depends. And if they have to kind of clean it up at all afterwards too. I'm, I mean, I, I don't ever like to give praise to, Rivals, but I'll give up some praise to Nikosai Perry for stepping up and almost winning that game when they were getting ass blasted by Oklahoma State after King went down. I don't know. I think you like to give praise to Miami sometimes. <laughs> Jesus, I know this, I know, this is, is really brutal. I'm, I'm being I'm being mean now for no for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, uh, Nikosai Perry did actually look really good. I um, I was impressed. He he did look good. Oh Jesus, um, and. As we are speaking right now, uh, let's see. Iowa State speeding um, twenty-eight yep. to seventeen right now. Twenty-eight seventeen at halftime. Uh, yep. So, um, and then Texas A and M and UNC is tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, Urban Meyer stuff picking up too. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted right there. Say that again. I got distracted. A lot of Urban Meyer to Jacksonville picking up right now. A lot Mate. of it. Smoke right there. Not college football related. Forget I said anything. Moving on. Uh, I don't really buy the. Uh, I don't really buy him as a head coach in the NFL personally. Like I, I just I don't buy it as being like a high level. It gets rid of like the things he's best at. Right. Exactly. Which is recruiting. Recruiting. Yeah, recruiting. Uh, pumping up the kids. Like his his yeah. stuff that works. Like this. It's like Tebow. Like his stuff is Tebow stuff, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Like. You can't just convince people to play well or poor in the NFL based on psychology. And that's so true. I'd never thought of it that way, but it, it is. He is like Tebow, the head coach. Oh, yeah. They matched perfectly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, who knows? Crazy things have happened. <clears throat> All right. Were you going to say another game? Nope. That's it. Okay. Is there anything for us to pick? Yeah. National Championship. Ugh. Yeah, I guess. Ugh, who cares? Man, fuck both those teams. I'm so sick God. of them. Like we need we need some damn parody in the sport. And um, right now, there's like no end in sight to this with with social media and how recruiting is going and everything and the playoffs too. Like everything is combining for all these kids just to want to team up together. And it's really easy now compared to you know 20 years ago for kids to go out of state uh, mm-hmm. for a Florida kid to go play in Ohio or vice versa. And um, it's just so easy for them to, you know, it's a lot easier to travel. It's just really easy to talk consistently and constantly. You can FaceTime and stuff. Like, it's just, it's so simple. You can do everything remotely. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to change where um, I, I don't know how we get, like, these three or four teams that are just consistently getting every good player to stop getting all of them. Herb Street said then, and I don't agree with what he said, but he said the probably the only realistic way to make more parity in college football is to limit how many blue chip players you're allowed to ever send a scholarship offer to. 
That, I mean, that would that would work, I guess. Yeah, Lim- limiting the scholarship offers or possibly limiting uh, scholarships. Period. Um, dropping that number somehow. A- again, that that would have other ramifications. And too. then, like, and then one of the other guys on the on the panel was like, "Well, then, how do you prevent blue chip guys from walking on? Right? But they're probably still getting paid off on the side or whatever." And Herb Street was like, "He's like, he's like, you guys are misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying." limit how many blue chip quality players can even be on your team. That's what I'm saying. That's what he was saying. And I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but he was like, that's the only way to get parity. But then the league, like, get- and, the, and the real question is then like, how do you determine who's a blue chip? Then there's a whole market right. in like, Oh, well some players are going to try to not be blue chips so they can get paid to go play for Alabama, like, and be yeah, the free star yeah. they take. So it's, it's, it's really yeah. weird. And it's no matter what's dirty. Um, that's just the way it is, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a, uh, it's a really tough question. Uh, the one way that really would work in my mind is the NCAA actually doing something in regards to enforcing their own rules. Um, yeah. that would, that would help a little bit, a little bit, but these players still want to go play for those schools. Like even if they weren't dropping bags, the kids are all going to want to play for Ohio state and Alabama with each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, the dark money is about to become gray money anyway. So it's like, you know, like with they're they're gonna pass NLI, and then there's just gonna be easier ways to route the money in uh, you know a, a above board manners. Um, okay, so do we want to pick this game? I mean, might sure. as well. It's, a, it's there. Mine has moved up by one. It's uh, Alabama favored by eight. Uh, this is a week from Monday, January the eleventh. Um. Such a long gap. Yeah. I don't understand why they just don't do it on the next fucking weekend. Like, why does that have to be Monday? I think it's a TV thing. Fuck TV. I think there's no Monday night thing. Yeah. And yeah, you get more viewers on a weeknight than you would on a weekend night. I was, I got really excited when there was this random, I can't remember what company it was and I'll try to find it, but there was a company that suggested to ESPN to actually like pay all of the commercial time and not have commercials for a whole game. Like one, like the playoff games, just have like a straight, there's no commercials, no TV timeouts, just have football. Um, and ESPN was like, apparently said, yeah, we'll do that, but we're still going to have commercials. It's like, what the fuck's the point then? Well, like the, the companies, they only care about those games. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, y'all just y'all just wait until the SEC on ESPN really cranks up and like it's just one long Disney movie commercial like throughout the game. Look, like the I, announcers I mean, are required. I, I'm, paying, I'm paying for like multiple streaming services. I have cable too, and like I'm paying out the ass for all this, and they still find ways to get commercials in every single yeah. format I watch. So you know, uh, yeah. it's just the I'm way. Just it's I'm just waiting for like 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 this year, Alabama is facing Ohio State in the national championship game for the ninth time, and this time instead of commercials, we're gonna watch Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So every like time there's a tv timeout you're gonna see five minutes of star wars the last jedi <laughs> i'd kind of enjoy that i'm gonna sponsored be- <laughs> by disney <laughs> that'd be better than what i'm watching now really one, or is that the okay one that's the horrible one that's, that's, that's the horrible that's, one that's eight. yeah that's okay. eight. yeah yep. sucks that's the only one they'll do though they won't do anything else just that movie okay so speaking of darth vader alabama and ohio state yes um great transition Jesus, I don't fucking know. I guess I'll take Ohio State. Uh, I'll take him to keep it within a touchdown. Me too. 
you know, normally I would go different just because I don't want us all being on the same page, but I already tipped my hand earlier. I got Ohio State. Uh, they have the better quarterback, and they're fresher. So it's a, it's a full touchdown. It, it should be a close game at worst in my mind. So, yeah, Bama probably wins by 20, but hell, I'm taking Ohio State. All right. The over-under is fucking 75 points. 75 points. Let me get the over on that one. Yeah, I take the over. All right. We're all laughing. We're all laughing. Damn it. Now, I'm, like, like I'm, like, I'm, here, I'm here ready to gamble. Like, give me something else to pick. They're like horse racing or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but I'll pick it. Uh, shit. Uh, okay, I'll flip the library card. You guys want to bet on that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> give, give me tails. Tails never fails. I'm all in. All right. I guess I got heads. Tails plus two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's tails. Yes, by far the most anticipated event of this pod, and uh, <laughs> that was that was big time right there. I, uh, I think that's everything that we had on the docket. Um, is there anything else? I feel like there's more because there's a lot of stuff that happened with our team, and I'm sure we're missing something. Yeah, probably one of those things where we'll figure it out like 20 minutes afterwards and be like, "Shit!" But it's too late, and we're not gonna we're not gonna go back and add it later. Well, I'm not going to have time to pod again for probably a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be the far side of the national championship game, at least for me. Yeah. The um, next, next few months for me is uh, it'll be on and off, too. So we, we got to get in there while we can. I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, we have. Oh, let, let me hit on uh, some recruiting stuff just real quick then. Since, okay. um, yeah, it, it's kind of an update, I guess. Uh, Tristan Lee, one of our few remaining high school targets, committed to Clemson. He is a five-star offensive tackle, uh, a huge position of need, um, would have been a great fit in many, many ways, but Hevesy is recruiting him, and Hevesy does not land five-star tackles. So, you know, that's just, that is what it is. Uh, we have one more um, top recruit in Terion Arnold, who is a top safety, who's also looking at Alabama, Georgia, and maybe somebody else. I'm not sure, but I think those are the two big programs in on that one. And, uh, up until now, he's led. We've led for him, and supposedly we're still in on this. Uh, I've always had a hard time buying it. Uh, we just lost both defensive back coaches too, so maybe it depends on who we get. Do you think he'd be more excited to play for T. Rob at Florida? Maybe I, I than, really, than I really don't know, and I don't know what his connections are. The fact that people think well, he still might be coming, I think he has a different connection on the staff, but it might be that. But also, T. Rob was his recruiter at, at South Carolina. But I don't even know if he was maybe, looking at South Carolina. So like maybe not, maybe not. But like you know. But yeah, it, it, it'll be it'll uh, be interesting to see. Um, yes, having a guy with familiarity might help. But I'm I'm basically at the point where I I am just going to assume we don't get any more recruits uh, from the high school level. Which means well, tell me yeah. tell me about Quadarius Davis. Is that that Texas wide receiver? That put us in the top three. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking at like, guy. he's looking at like Kansas and Oklahoma state. There's a reason he's looking um, at those schools. He's probably not going to qualify would be my guess. Okay. I'm just assuming, but like if he's a top 100 receiver and he puts out top 100 film and he's looking at Oklahoma state and Kansas and not Texas, Texas, A&M, Oklahoma, he was a USC LSU. He committed. He committed to them and Texas, I think, or somewhere yeah. in there. So yeah, there's, there's a reason these things happen. So if you just look at that, it's kind of like, okay, he's yeah. So Maybe he commits to us. I have no idea. Maybe he can get in. I have no idea. That's not a guy you count on. So I'm, I'm basically, I really am at the point where I'm going to assume we add zero high school recruits to our class. So that leaves, okay. I think four, maybe five spots. I think four spots 
for transfers, if my math is correct, and I could be wrong. But either way, four spots well, for our transfers. Cl- our, cl- our class has officially dropped to 11th. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be where it's going to be just a mediocre class. It's just where it's going to end. But um, we'll add some guys in the portal and possibly some guys who are um, recent, like, like were freshmen last year, too. So grade it however you want to. But uh, using up a spot on, say, an Eric Gilbert, this superstar tight end who has a couple years of eligibility remaining versus adding some random linebacker that like maybe Auburn wants, maybe not. Or um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's well, a good they, thing. What like Ben be realistic. Like, like that's something that obviously I think we pride ourselves on this, in this pod and is that we're kind of realistic with a lot of things. And sometimes we're not going to just try to say things for the sake of saying things, but what is our actual legitimate? If you had to put a number on it, the fact that we have Brewster, and we're putting Kyle Pitts in the top fifteen. Like, what are our chances with Rick Gilbert? Um, maybe nine percent. <laughs> I'll put it no, at. I'll no, put it at. There's a decimal. There's six point nine percent. Legit, like maybe thirty percent, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, there's always a chance he could still decide to go back to LSU. Probably not once he enters the portal. But then, like, you have Georgia and Tennessee in there. And like, I was I was reading that once he entered the portal, LSU fans said it's probably best since he apparently got massively shit on by his teammates. So he's probably not going back. Um, yeah, I'd say he's best. yeah. So it's yeah. It, I I think it actually could happen. I I wouldn't count on it necessarily. But yeah, I think we'll add an offensive weapon through the portal. I think we'll add uh, at least one, maybe two defensive tackles or defensive linemen, much needed, like a nose tackle. We talked about mm-hmm. that earlier. And uh, I think we're going to go for an offensive lineman. So that's kind About, of the. Do you, uh, you think we might have a chance with Tykeus Crawford? Maybe his name is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that we we should have a chance with a lot of portal offensive linemen. Those are guys looking to come in and start right away. Um, those are guys are, who are looking for a solid offensive line coach. And honestly, once you're in the portal, you've kind of you've been through the ringer. A lot of those guys care a little bit less about the whole flashy recruiting sales pitch thing, which actually comes in our favor a lot. So that that is a reason we do well in the portal. So I think I think we'll add um, probably somebody that we want. I'm not sure if he's like the top target for us at tackle or not. We kind of need someone who can come in and start if possible. Okay. So that's where we're at. Um, there will be some names that come up uh, soon, I'm sure. But yeah, those are those are a couple. We've named a few of them, and I'm sure there will be a few more uh, as we get closer and closer to uh, signing day. Okay. We already covered Culture Corner. It's normally at the back half of this. Um, the only thing that I didn't mention is that I've been drinking Buffalo Trace nice. for the past couple of hours. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I've tried some different bourbons, and it's my go-to for right now. That one's actually kind of tough to find where I'm at. Like, the, it's uh, it, it sells so quickly here that they put it in the back, and then they sell it to, like, people who buy a bunch. And then they're like, hey, oh, really? hey by the way, we got some Buffalo Trace in the back. Like, it's it's like a big deal kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's really tough to, to keep in stock here. There are some liquor stores here that I assume do the same thing, um, but it's I've not really had any type of problem finding it. And there are some that keep it on the shelves. And I think their what is their uh, their more premium version? Is it is that Angel's Envy Eagle Rare Eagle Rare? I yeah, think. Eagle Rare. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I bought Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare the other day because I had a big purchase and the guy's like, "Hey, I got this, I got this stuff in the like." It was like he's got some like hard drugs in the back or something, and um, you know we we had our deal and I was like, "Yeah, throw that on there." I can never never find the stuff. So yeah, great are great people, stuff. Are people just 
fucking dumb. Like I'm reading this conversation about people yes. like want Mullen gone now. Like oh, I'm so fucking confused. Yeah, people are reactive and they're fans are just like always like 40% of people on the internet. It's just like 40% of people as a whole, just bumbling through life. I don't understand how some people make it through life, like on a day to day basis. It's really not that hard. to. It's actually really hard to kill somebody. So I, I, I do understand it. Like it is, it, it is apparently very like, you know, you see the movie, someone gets shot in the stomach and they just die right away. That doesn't happen in real life. Okay. Like it's hard oh to take God. someone out. I don't know from experience. I just, I know from, from stories I've heard of other people, obviously, but yeah, it's, um, it doesn't take much. You just got to keep drinking water. And I think they will be, be around to post really stupid, dumbass tweets. You should go watch that accountant movie. Oh, the guy who's uh, an accountant by day and assassin by night. Well, they actually uh, used me. I, I'm not credited right. as an as a producer, but they used <laughs> a lot of. Um, they they asked me a lot of stuff. You know, your for, life story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly the parts about being autistic oh, because I believe that character was. I thought that was apparent. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clear uh, from context clues and what everybody knows about me. But yeah, it's um yeah good movie. Um, but yeah, I, I the thing that annoys me more which it, it somehow does then this stupid tweets like shit, like fire Mullen, fire Mullen are the people who are like, you're the reason that our coaches are leaving. Like it's our fan base and stuff. Like, yeah, our fan base might be slightly more reactive than some other ones. I don't know, but I think Florida people are kind of a little flamboyant compared to like, I, I think Alabama people are more loyal than Florida people. It's just the way I, this is just my, my take, but honestly, there's, there's these, no are, way these, are, these are fans. Like this happens everywhere. Like, you think if Saban had Grantham on staff and he kept him a third year, that they'd be shutting up about it? Like, they'd be like, no, yeah. fuck, get rid of this asshole. Like, that's it's, what fans do. It's such a yeah, stupid this narrative. Is every, this is every SEC program is like this. It's There's a reason that there's been, like, whatever, 45 head coaches in the SEC since Saban was hired at Bama. It's just a slack-jawed, dumbass opinion in my mind. No offense yeah, to anybody and, who has that opinion, but it's stupid. Yeah, and, like, and maybe, like you said, maybe we're a little bit more reactatory than some other fan bases, but we're not the worst. Like fucking Tennessee had a guy get hired and then they got him fired instantly. Greg Shiano, you guys remember that shit show? Like yeah. we are nowhere near that. We are, we are, we are far as possible away from that. It's just, it's just um, stupid. Like shout out to those fans. Thank yes. you for doing, thank, thank you for thank doing you what Lord. you did there. For, <laughs> real saviors for us. But yeah, it's, um, it's just stupid. And honestly, you want another cure to the, do the asshole dumbass fans who are like fireball and fireball. How about win? winning cures yep. all. So winning championships. Yep. And you know what, you know, wins championships, doing championship moves and keeping Grantham's a loser move. Sorry for bringing it back yep. up again. I wanted to end on a better point than that, but damn, here it is. I think that's it. I think that's the button. All right. I think we're done here. Okay. All right. I'm 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 ready. Make sure you review it. Yep, review it. Review it. I'll see you guys on the other side of the national championship game. Absolutely. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.